I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to another episode of the Self Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self Build Magazine. And I have the pleasure today to be joined by Jonathan Orr of Daniel George Kitchens. So just to give a bit of context, I suppose, on a new build or an extension or any new kitchen, um, what we're seeing anyway on the self-built side is that um, kitchens probably cost from 10 to 30 grand. Obviously, they can cost a lot more than that. And I'm sure Johnny will have um, some information as to how you can spend that much more. But um, no matter what way you look at it, I suppose it's a big investment. So we've gathered questions from our self-built community to guide our chat. So I guess we might as well get started, Johnny. And um, the first question we got was, um, how big should a kitchen really be for everyday practical use? So I'm thinking here, probably, you know, we're talking about a family, a few kids, the tendency might be to try to get a huge kitchen, but what's, what's the optimal size? Yeah, um, a lot can end on the, the the space that you've got to put the kitchen into. But I mean, um, when we go to shows, generally we have a space of about six meters by six meters, which um, uh, but you know you can get a nice space, maybe three to five, three by five meters even. Um, so it really depends, like you say. Big family, small family. What what you need to get in that kitchen space? You know, determine that, you know. Okay, dogs. And um, so then, how about the must-haves? What's what do you really need in a kitchen, and what's trending at the moment? Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot a lot of what we're seeing is a lot of pantries going into kitchens. So people are liking like uh, even architects are designing into the space like a pantry that's separate from the kitchen. And that it's not part of the cabinetry. It's like another wee small room off the side of the kitchen. And maybe they'll put um, like a sliding door onto the front of that or 
or hidden doors over the top of it, but it's nearly like a space within the kitchen um, that when you open the doors, there's all your um, food and maybe stuff all sort of hidden behind there. So that's that's quite a big trend. Islands are still something a lot of people want. And in that a lot, a lot of people are uh, designing a kitchen a lot of the times around the thought of having an island in there. So that I would say is it's a big plus point that people are looking for. Um, yeah, that would be two of the big ones off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in terms of savings, um, what you know, what can you do in terms of design, even the choice of materials, things like that? What can you do to try to rein in that? Um, that big yeah, um, a big expense. Uh, when you actually first think about a kitchen is can be your appliances. Um, so electrical appliances can range, you know, you could spend maybe a thousand pounds on a, a range up to 10,000 pounds on a high end range. So really thinking about your appliances is one of the big areas where you can save a lot of money in your kitchen um, and thinking about that. Um, and when you're thinking about appliances, it's a good idea to think about appliances that give a good warranty as well. So that you're not maybe putting an appliance in first time your warranties run out and there's another expense there. So that's that gotta think that way too in regards to appliances. Material-wise, yes, again, uh, for instance, worktops can be a, a a big difference in your expenditure. You can go from um uh, from mica worktops right up to um stone worktops. Um, and then within the stone worktop, now you've got man-made stones, which would be the lower end of the market, up to um, granite marbles are going into the more expensive. So you could spend two or 3,000 maybe on a smallish kitchen on the worktops, up to 8,000 if you went for granites. So there's a lot of difference there. And then in your cabinetry too, um, you can, depending on what you do there, you could go for um, slab, sort of plain doors up to like an in-frame like where you've got frames around the doors and it's uh, more of a classic looking kitchen. So, and there's right there. And how much more would that add to go for the in-frame? Um, probably from uh, what we'd say uh, a normal Blumhenge kitchen where it's a kitchen, uh, the two difference between an in-frame and a standardized kitchen. In-frame is where you see the hinge hinges so if you can see behind me you can see butt hinges up onto those um cupboards there's a frame around the door and the door is inside the frame whereas the other type of kitchen is what we call a lay-on kitchen where it's uh, got the more like an adjustable hinge inside the cupboard from difference between those maybe 25 to 30 percent difference on the joinery so you say your joinery is you know fifteen thousand. uh to lay on, then you might be pushing up to eight thousand in frame. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. Any other tips, advice? I suppose there's um, there's also all the gadgets that is is that really where the budget busters are? All the yeah, hot water taps and that's like right, that? hot, hot water taps. Um, and that's that's as your must haves. A lot of people are asking for uh, those as a, a must have in their in their kitchens. A lot of people come in. And they'll say, I really want a hot water tap and I want a dandraft type of pops because um, they're they're big sellers at the moment. And also handles can be something that you, you'd be surprised what you can spend on handles in a kitchen. You can get one handle that 
um, costs three or four pounds, and you could go and pick a high-end handle at 20, 25 pounds. So that can be actually, only be spending two or 3,000 pounds just on the handles. So that's also something to keep an eye on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so mistakes people make, um, pitfalls, common, common mistakes um, yeah, avoid. Mistakes we make, um, I would say, when people are uh, initially designing their house, especially on new builds, sometimes the, the space for the kit can be not really that well thought out. Maybe they're getting the house plans together um, and it's drawn out and they haven't really thought about the layout of the kitchen when they're, they're doing their initial planning with the architect. And I think it's a very good idea to be going into your architects and saying, listen, I want, um, I want big space for putting tall cupboard, for instance. I want I, I like wall ovens rather than a range. So I'm going to need a, an area in this kitchen where I've maybe got three or four meters where I can put two double ovens maybe and a pantry. I don't want uh, windows everywhere. So sometimes what happens is we um, people come up and they want all these things in the kitchen. You say, but hang on, you've, you've got a window there and you've got a window there. So we're not able to do what you're saying. And maybe another thing is they, they want the island. They really want a big island and suddenly the way that the kitchen's been designed, they don't have the space in the room. So you've got to think about that. That, that would be some pitfalls from the design side of things. And then going forward, um, maybe with builders and things like that, sometimes I've seen it when somebody wants uh, a sink or a hob in their island, so they're going to need electric or they're going to need plumbing in their island. And that hasn't been planned right from the start. So the subfloors are maybe in and there's no... Um, and draft system or there's no plumbing for for the island yeah so on the topic of islands that's a the very popular one how much space do you need then um yeah um, i would suggest uh, there's a rule of thumb a meter to 1200 between a cabinet and and an island to, to make it I, if, if you've got a good size room i'd be saying 1200 millimeters between your cabinets and the island um, and that really will help determine what size your island is in the space um, because you want that. Sometimes you can creep that up a bit. Maybe if, uh, for instance, the island was against a wall or close to a wall that you're not walking around all the time. So you can have a bit of a smaller space. But say if it's uh, your island and your sink, um, you need a good space there. I'd be saying a meter is a nice space to have at least. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose if you're stuck by a wall, would, would it save space to kind of have it as a peninsula or what are those called when it's, yeah, it's jutting out from Yeah, that's wall. right. Yeah, there's so, ways to design around that if you're a bit Yeah, stuck. yeah. If you can't just get the island, sometimes you can bring a peninsula off off the, um, the wall and you'll, you'll create a bit of a space. Yeah, so so on that, there, there we, we had a question in about... Um, about a built-in dining table in the island. Kind of oh, yeah. yeah is, that a, is that a good idea? It, it, yeah, well, as you can see, I'm sitting on one here where you might just see it, but that's actually I'm sitting on, so that you can see the sink tap behind me. So it's something that we can do. It's uh, You just need to make sure that your manufacturer can do that. But it's something that we, we show in the showroom here, so we do it quite a bit. Um, and, yeah, Bespoke Island um, with, with the uh, seating in it is really nice. Um, just think about the practicalities. Is there, is there little children in the house that will be jumping up, playing with the hot water tap in the background? 
you know, so you need to just think about that. And also you need to think about the space uh, in the room. You need a good size room to get the dining seat in and get at least people into that um, seat. We would, this one I am sitting on is a curve on it. You can get about two to three people on it. So then if you get your designer to help you work out the space in the room with the dining table and you're going to get enough seats around the rest of the dining table. So usually you have two or three seats built in and then you'll have two or three chairs around your table. So that'll give you your five or six seats at the table. So again, depending on the size of your room, um, but it's a nice feature, yeah. Um, so I suppose the question that we got the most of was a sink or hob in the island? What is that's, the verdict? <laughs> uh, sink or hob. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, quite often that will also determine on maybe the uh, extraction system that you're looking for. So uh, some people really like a sink looking out a window. Um, and then on the other hand, I have clients that want a sink. So when they're standing at the sink, they can look into the rest of the room. So they like it in the island. If you like that their backs to the kitchen, the island's facing out into the living room. And when they're at the sink, they can be looking and realizing with the rest of the family. So that's a thing. So I probably see more sinks than hobs, I would say, in the island. Yeah. Um, but if you're putting a hob into the island, then you, you need to be thinking about your track. Well, you know. What's the options there then um, for the extractor found in the island? You need uh, one in the first place. What if you have a centralized ventilation system, like a heat yeah, recovery? Yeah, if, if you have a centralized system, then um, that's getting away the um, the airflow. So that's a good thing. Um, but you, they would, they say you would need to still put in something to pull away the grease from the um, the cooking area. So um, a downdraft system can do that by recirculating. So if you suck suck the air into a recirculating downdraft system, then you're going to pull the grease out of the air, and then your um, your mechanical vent system will look, will pull away the uh, steam and things. If you don't have that system, then you can just go for a normal downdraft system, which is extracted outside. But just remember to make sure you get the um, extraction system in under the floor, to get it into the island, um, and that they do work very well. They've come a long way in, in, the, in the last few years. Um, you'll see demonstrations where the the um, the cooker's sitting there and it's just sucking the steam straight down into the downdraft. Um, and then if you don't like the downdraft, you can also go for maybe a, a, like a, a bulkhead above the island. And some people would shape that. They could make that, bespoke, make that the same shape as the island and put a ceiling extraction in um, above that. And that's a nice feature too. You can make a nice feature out of that. And um, and the the whole passive house thing of um, there you know there's in terms of the airflow so will like because anytime you make a you you put a, any kind of pipe out through the wall in a passive house you have to be really careful so I guess I suppose yeah. that there what requirements would be there yeah for, in well, a passive think, house for in a passive house I don't think you're you're supposed to put in extraction that's gonna um, connect to the outside. So that's why um, people would put uh, like an extractor in, pull grease away, but it would be recirculating. It wouldn't be connected to the outside. And sometimes they just want to put something above the hub to make it look look right and stuff. Um, so yeah, with the passive has to say, you shouldn't have the extraction system. That's the, the recirculating heat system in the house. You shouldn't have that directly above 
marketing and stuff like that it should be over the side or something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so the, the it, just to stay on the islands, the ideal size for the island itself is there a minimum size, an optimal size? Um, yeah, well, actually, islands uh, depending on what you want to get into the island, but a nice size for an island, I I always think is to go a meter deep um, if you've got the room to. So you can put cupboards either side, or you can maybe have a breakfast bar area. We can have stools, so you'd have say a six your six hundred millimeter deep cupboards on one side. Um, maybe you've got your sink or your hob there. Then the other side, you can have shallower cupboards or um, some seating area there with with things. So a meter is a nice sort of depth of an island, and then depending on the size of your, of your um, room, going the other way, you can go from up to meters, three meters, between them up to three point six meters, depending on the size of the room. Um, and that's that's really coming into when you're designing. Uh, the kitchen. What what's this on? Do I want it to be a real central focal point? So that determines the size. But like I, I've got I've got a small kitchen myself at home, and I made a little bespoke island, and it is fifteen hundred by five hundred. <laughs> a little narrow one, but it's great because I, I we could because of the big kitchen suddenly we've got near a little bit of extra workbench to stick the plates out for plate up. So yeah. <sighs> And and how about electrical points and other things that need to go in the island? What's yeah, so yeah, definitely a good idea. Make sure you remember those because I would say most people you, you want an electric point, especially with uh, everyone with laptops and with phones for charging. So people really would met, do miss sometimes. I've seen people saying, "I wish I had an extra plug in the island." So something I would push for is make sure you get um, some good socket points in your island. And all that, all you need to do there is is make sure you you tell your electrician, look, I want um, a couple of socket points. Maybe it's better your island. You can do that a couple of ways. You can um, get your joiners to put um, sockets, um, you know, at the side of the island into maybe the gable ends, um, or also you can do pop up plugs if you like those. Um, but generally, people put a socket at the side of the islands, you know, for for their etc yeah and the usb ones are very handy actually they are for charging yeah. so you don't have to have the, the adapter nice. yeah, 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 yeah 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 um and so in terms of um tips in terms of walk-in pantries what's what how do you get the most out of your your pantry um walk-in pantries yeah as i say they're they're quite a trend at the moment so um i would say getting a sink in there is a great idea like a prep thing it's really nice because you can use that area maybe to peel the veg um to do that and then you've got your visitors over you can close the door over and you know it, it keeps your rest really looking good um so a prep sink a nice idea in there also sometimes a small fridge maybe like a small underbench fridge it's also nice to have in there so you can keep the milk you go in make a cup of tea everything's in there um and a lot of people with uh um, built in larders like that, walk-in larders would have maybe um, paneling on the wall with open shelving. So they would have like um, brackets, wooden brackets holding up the, the, which is quite nice because it's that whole idea, you walk in, all your food sitting there. It, and I think that's a place a lot of people are putting their groceries. So they go out and they, all their um, cereal boxes, their baking goods, they're all sitting there and you can just walk in, you grab exactly what you want. And again, you can pull the door behind you and yeah, it's 
really exciting. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And um, how about uh, Magic Corner cupboards? You know, the the fancy ones yes. with all these sleek mechanisms um yes. pros and cons are they worth it i'm assuming they cost a, a bit yeah um you're probably adding a couple hundred pounds on to to put on um there's two types ones there's one called a lemon corner which is um it's it's basically a shaped um like a lemon racetrack that's why it's called that so it, it's inside the cupboard um and then the other one that uh it, it would be independent of the door so you open the door and then you pull that little mechanism to it comes out they work very well um they make good use of a cupboard they always would say a corner cupboard is one of the, the biggest waste wasted spaces in um in a so they work well but they don't utilize all the space so people will sometimes pull out the lemon corner and go oh it doesn't hold very much and that's true they don't they don't utilize all that cupboard space because of the way they work um whereas just a standard as we would call it an excess space You've got to get it down on your hands and knees, and you're going to end up poking in stuff that you don't really use very much. So then there's the argument: well, does it need to be in the kit? That's very much. So that, that's the two sort of arguments. Clients are, uh, can be, yeah, they usually have a, a choice of what they like. You get them saying, "I love that," and, and or else I hate that. Yeah. So it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, question about popular colors for kitchens. What's on trend? What's what colors? Yeah, what Give colors are we seeing? Um, we're still still very popular with the the whites and the um, sort of neutral colors. Um, but we are seeing uh, what I say. What's sort of coming through? We're seeing not terracotta, but some sort of off sort of shades, like really light coming through with cream that's just starting to come through now as well but it's still the greens are, are quite popular. we've seen greens over the last couple of years so quite often you would do like a neutral color um on the on the say the l-shaped part of the kitchen and then you might get an island where you want a green or even a blue coming through so grays were a, a big thing a number of years ago not seeing grays as much now you know so it is going towards those um sort of what I say pastel sort of colors yeah so like greens and, and blues and those yeah 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 it gives a bit of life I suppose yeah um, yeah it's quite it's nice a, and the 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 taps and things like that is it still are we still on chrome mostly or are you seeing more like gold like you could you'd see in math rooms that are 
yeah like trendy um, or even still, like copper or those kind yeah, of colors yeah um chrome is probably probably still the biggest seller but you would still you would see um brasses and antique brasses coming through um and and often those are, are matching a handle so uh, a client really likes a brass handle for instance then they'll go for looking for a brass tap and there's some really lovely stuff now and the antique brass i've seen that coming in quite a bit too where it's uh there's a branding that's to the brass if you like that's an easy way to say that and um, you're seeing that coming through with the taps and all the tap makers have got lovely selection now and you can even go into um, taps now as well and again you're a lot of the time that's matching the handles of the kitchen so that you're seeing those accents come through yeah 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 um, and then there was a question about um standalone fridges um <laughs> <laughs> they're a bit of a pain to design around American yeah. fridges, that kind of thing. Um, any tips around those? How do you integrate um, that in like, yes. the lovely kitchen you have behind you? It's a bit yeah. of a Stand, of this, this one behind me, it, the, we got um, an integrated, a lot of integrated, so um, I've gone off stand. I'll go back to stand but integrated machines are made to go inside the standard 600 deep cupboards. So if you go for integrated, that's not a worry. If you, and I would imagine standalones usually in a big American for freezers, which are can be very deep. Um, so what? Uh, um, if you're using standard cupboards, you can that you can sink the the American fridge freezer that a little bit so that it looks flush at the front. Yeah, I would agree. You you want that looking flush at the front. It looks far far better. So bring your cupboards forward and maybe have a deeper gable at one end. Um, and if you're if you go to a manufacturer, most manufacturers will be able to make the units go, go around um, an American food. Yeah. Yeah. And um, anything to know about integrated appliances, just kind of that whole flush look is it, it does cost more, doesn't it? Or how? I would say um, how they're process? not, they're not too bad, as bad as you think integrated appliances that, you know, depending again, depending on the brand that you buy, they, they start um, at one point and go right, right up um, to three or four times the price. So it really depends on what you go, but there's lovely integrated appliances around now where you can have two doors on a fridge. You don't have to have, to have a single door anymore. You can do drawers integrated. You can also do dishwashers now with doors that are integrated. So integrated appliances, there's a real lovely um, selection out there and they are great because they completely hide away into the kitchen. Um, so yeah, on, on those, just do your shopping. There's lots of them out there. Yeah. And, and look about for them. Yeah. And a um, question here about Brexit. Um, do you, would you be able to fit kitchens in in the Republic down south? Yeah. So, yes, we do. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no issue at all. Yeah. Yeah. Brexit um, is sorted. Can we forget about Brexit yet? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, Brexit doesn't worry us on that front at all. No. Okay. No. And yeah. uh, in terms of natural timber, um, is that being used more in kitchens now? The yeah. Trend, I suppose the biophilic green. Yes. Blended I, I think that would be right. You're seeing you're seeing natural timbers coming through, and you're seeing one of the trends I would say in in timbers. You're seeing stained timbers. So a lot of customers are asking us for oak, um, maybe in a breakfast bar or like at the back of back of a breakfast bar or like a little wall and one wall in the kitchen and it's not just natural oaks now they're they're looking for stained oaks and you're seeing a lot of that in, in floorings that are coming through 
So like grey stains or, or brown stains on the oak. And that's, that's actually a lovely feature. It looks really well. And then we can match our dovetail drawers and things like that to those stains. So you can bring all that through into the kitchen. And how do you care for those materials in a kitchen, especially it's um, there's a lot of water and yeah. wear and tear. You're always at pawing at that stuff. How do you yeah. care for that? Yeah, so you, need, you do need it. it, it like, like you're in the kitchen, you need to think about the practicalities of the kitchen. You maybe if you have small children in the house, it's not a practical thing to, to bring in those sorts of finishes um, because they've got a lot of wear and tear. Um, what you can do on a breakfast bar is put a piece of glass over the the, um, the oak to um, look after it, and that, that works well. You can still see the oak, but you've got the practicality of a nice piece of glass on there. It won't scratch thing. But again, yes, you've got to be careful with work surfaces like like an oak. It will it will mark. Yeah. And then another question about painted kitchens. Then, like, mm -hmm. in terms of chipping around the yeah. dishwasher and integrated fridge freezers. And um, how quickly does that happen? I guess this is the question. And how do you prevent that yeah. from happening? That, 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 we, we would do a lot of painted kitchens ourselves. Um, and there's two ways you can go with a painted kitchen. You can go factory painted. Um, so it means it's painted in the factory of your manufacturer. Um, and then you can go for hand painted. We would recommend hand painted, especially with um, a high-end sort of in-frame kitchen of what you're saying, chipping and, and uh, paint finish will cut. There's no way around that. If you have paint, it's like on your walls and it gets a bash, it's gonna, it can get chipped. So the beauty with hand painting a kitchen is you can, have, you can um, touch it in yourself. Um, you'll get your paint that you painted the kitchen with. You'll be able to just brush it yourself. Um, so it's easy repair. Um, and the beauty with the hand painting kitchen is you can hand paint it again in three to four years. Looks brand new. Um, you maybe have got tired of the color and you want to change it slightly, then you hand paint it and, and it's absolutely brand new again. But like you say, dishwashers and um, around certain areas, like the bin, integrated bins in kitchens, they're the places that are used a lot. So they're the places that, first of all, show the wear and tear. And you, it depends on the clients too, how well they treat the kitchen. Um, rings on fingers and things like that can sometimes. Mark, so it's just uh, being careful on how you, how you look after it too. So then would you recommend a laminate kitchen over a painted one, just in terms of durability? Yeah, if you were, if you were say, say uh, you said, look, I've got three or four little children running around and they've got little trikes and um, they're, they're beating around the kitchen, then, then I would be saying to the client, is it really what you want a hand-painted kitchen? Because look, it's going to get bashed. Um, so then you'd be steering that client towards maybe a laminated kitchen, yeah, where, and you get lovely doors out there, um, maybe slab, uh, which is just, uh, and you can get those with a formica on them, which is very durable, um, and you can get gloss and matte those. That's where you would be steering the client towards that. So it's, sometimes you get a client say, yeah, maybe that's what I'll do initially, and then five years' time I'll get the kitchen if they really want the you know, handmade kitchen, then they'll, they'll go towards that at that point. Yeah. 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 And timeframes uh, for getting kitchens delivered and installed, what's what's the story at the moment? Um, we would work on an eight to 12 weekly time. Um, the big, the, once we get into the factory, we're talking about an eight week lead time for making it. Um, so what 
what clients need to remember is it takes a bit of time to get design sometimes sorted out. Um, so you need to allow time to go back and forth looking at 3D drawings to see, is that what I want in my kitchen? And sometimes that can eat into the time. So allow for the time in the design process. Um, and But if you're allowing 12 weeks, you're, you can get your designs and everything done within that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just what's what height is ideal for double ovens? Oh, double ovens. Um, mm. I double oven, well, I if I was doing a single oven, I, I would put it above the height of the standard base unit door, which is about 750, and including the plinth, which is 880. So about 880 for single oven. So if it's going with the double oven, I'd, I'd come down to um, another couple of hundred, maybe five to 600 mils off the floor. That would be sort of where I'd be thinking. But again, depends on the height of the person too. So think about, you know, where you ideally want that oven when you're opening it. Is it a nice height for you, you know? Yeah. So you can check that out in the showroom. And Yep. And the kitchen with no handles, is that out of date now or is that still something? Um, no, you're still seeing it. So you would see that in a kitchen. Generally, you would see that in a kitchen where it's the modern sort of slab-looking kitchen where they don't want any handles. It's very minimalist. So you can still go for those. Just There's different ways you can do those. You can do them with a, a track. Um it's like a metal track that runs just under the worktop um, and the door then sticks up that little bit so that you just grab the door itself and open it rather than having a handle. Just do the same with the wall units. The, the, um, the door hangs down maybe 20 millimeters below the wall unit so you can just open the door uh, without a handle. Yeah, I do see those still as well, but um, probably not as much as, as we used to. Yeah. And can you just to go back on the laminated versus hand painted? Can you combine the two or yes, absolutely, in yeah, one kitchen? Yeah, and we're seeing a bit of that actually. Yeah, so uh, like, like the kitchen behind me, which is maybe like that classic sort of shaker door, and then you might have in the island slab, slab laminate doors, you know, in the island. So you can have the both types, um, and. It's, it's a nice sort of look, and we are, we are seeing a wee bit of that mix and match, if you like, of kitchens. Um, you could even do one wall section of one type and one wall section in the other, maybe so that the, um, the slab one looks like it's integrating with the wall of the kitchen. So, you know, so it's not looking like the rest of the kitchen in a way. It's looking like part of the walls of the house, you know. Okay, and um, uh, the are you talking? Someone was asking laminated or vinyl wrap. Um, yeah, lam laminated vinyl wrap. The, the, this uh, vinyl wrap has a bit of a stigma around it. Um, it used to be, it used to give a lot of problems with delamination. And I think the manufacturers of that have come a long way on that. Um, so uh, there's there's two type of doors you can get. You can get melamine where melamine is basically an off the shelf plastic faced um, door. That would be probably the, the cheapest type of door. So it's just a melamine face and it has an edge put on it. So the door, the, the, um, the MSC door is made uh, in sheet form and just cut up and edged. Then you have a uh, foil wrap, which is generally an MDF substrate with the plastic wrap over it, put into heat press. Um, and that's the one that some people are, are a wee bit worried about. But it, it, it's come a long way in that it doesn't laminate, I think, as much. 
And then from there, you can go for a Formica door, which would be much, the most robust sort of flat door, I would say, where you have Formica laminated onto maybe a plywood core. Um, and that's that's a very robust core. Formica is a very um, a strong uh, you know, anti-scratch. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the last question, I promise. <laughs> uh, can you share some lighting options around the cabinetry and kitchen? What's how how to light a kitchen? I suppose you have different yeah, times of day. That that's a big thing too. Lighting. Um, I would say inside pantries, make sure you think about lighting, especially in a walk-in pantry. And what's nice is to have it that when you open the doors, it's a sensor, pops the lights on. Um, you can also do the sensor lights in just a standard pantry in your kitchen. So say a double door um, pantry that's in your kitchen, just open the two doors, get your electrician sensor light in there. Your manufacturer also uh, can put LED um, strips inside the cupboards. We would do that a lot here where we put um, a strip, like a router track, if you like, inside the, the cabinet. So it's nice and hidden. Um, and the new LEDs are brilliant because they don't show, the old LEDs, I don't know if you remember, shows like little dots going down. Whereas now uh, a good LED doesn't have that. So um, you open the doors and all lights up. So think about your lighting as, as you're designing the kitchen because you also want to be thinking for your electrician to make sure you have enough uh, points. Um, another place to put um, lighting is in like a floating shelf. It's quite nice. So you can put it back into the underside of a floating shelf and it lights down onto the say the kitchen work and of course underneath the wall units as well um there's different various ways you can do spot or but a big thing there is led strips i would say that that's very um popular yeah very good and just to finish there someone commented that they've had their hand-painted kitchen for ages it sounds like and it's brilliant so good <laughs> as you said it's a it's a good option it's a good option absolutely yeah and you can keep re-bringing re it back to life yeah 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 that's great. Thanks so much, Johnny. Really appreciate your time. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Join us next time for more tips and advice from experts and self-builders alike. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Self-Build Plus. It'll give you full access to the selfbuild.ie website, including the Self-Build Plus journey, which is your step-by-step -step guide to self-building and home improving. Your membership also gives you first access to all videos and podcasts, as well as access to our members-only Facebook group, which features regular Facebook Live events. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.